Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Welcome back to more to it, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey to deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude. Oh, still got the one muscle left in my body from my 20s, which is my traps. Yes, uh, my handles, as I used to call them right back in the day when I used to go to Venice Beach and look at all the super swoles. And I was just like on mini swole. But, you know, I used my muscles on that football field. It used to feel amazing like I'm feeling right now. And I hope you guys are having an amazing day out there as well. Thank you guys for the love, the support, the growing membership and the viewership on Brings TV and Reese TV and on YouTube with Wiley's World. Somebody, anybody, everybody screams. <sighs> Somebody going to win this damn chalice and this foil that is going on in there. But there's some love in there as well as these playing cards of me and my Venice Beach handle days. <laughs> Don't use your imagination to know what those handles were for. All right, y'all. Y'all know how we start off every show with what's up with that dude. Well, let me just give it to you in song form because yesterday I finally got it framed. And the it is a gift from my boy Francis Powers from High School Columbia is my guy, man. He's a big-time music director in films and worked with Scorsese and all. Is that how you say his name? The big-time, like, Scorsese? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He always tell me who I know who he is, and I ain't never met him, so that's on you, Franny, because I can't pronounce his name because I don't know the dude. But uh, lots of love for Scorsese, Scorsese, uh, whatever it is. Man, nah, let me give you some respect. I picked up what Franny gave me about a decade ago, and it's insane. I would show it to y'all, but we're going to have to wait on that. And it goes like this. Boom, boom, boom. We want easy. Air, 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 air. I got this gigantic framed Easy E poster that is next level. I know y'all want to see it right now. I'm kind of teasing y'all with that. But it's amazing. Pumped up. Finally got it. So, that was dope. It's been a decade in the making. Uh, also, yesterday, I went to my itty-bitty from another. So it's my quarterback on my team. It was his birthday, so he turned eight years young. And we uh, had a party bus, and then we went to an LAFC game. And let me just tell you, do not take little kids on the party bus because uh, 
Thank God they mamas weren't there because it was just us, no seatbelts, hate to say it. And the little kids was like, what's this pole doing here? They're eight. They don't know what a pole was in. I was like, I ain't got nothing for you, bro. That pole is there just in case, you know, with no seatbelt and they hit the brakes. You got to hold on to it. And they bought that. They won't buy that when they're 18, obviously. Other than that, um, man, I, I had to grab I had to grab some napkins and some tissue this morning. I was listening to my heart playlist. I got a playlist. I hope you guys have one, which every time I play these songs, it just grabs my heart. Like they're just old school Bee Gees, you know, old school Michael Jackson, you know, old school, just real good music, pure positive energy and vibrations. And literally I was just listening to it like normal. I always feel better when I play this playlist. But then on my watch, Google Photos always pops up like seven years ago, you were doing this. And it popped up when I was listening to my heart playlist, a picture of Biscuit, my little man, in the swimming pool trying to learn how to swim when he was like half a year old. Oh my God, I cried, cried, cried. Uh, I'm better now. Let's get into this show. All right. So let's go from crying to somebody beefing out there. And that's Paul Feinbaum and Tim Brando. They trade their beef barbs over SEC schedule criticism, right? So let's talk through it. The SEC is expanding next year with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas. So there's been a push for the conference to add a league game to its schedule. And the SEC at a spring meeting recently decided to stick, stay still with the eight-game conference schedule in football 2024. So Brando criticized Feinbaum for not using his platform to push back at the SEC commissioner, Greg Sankey, over the nine-game proposal. I couldn't get over the frothing at the mouth that was going on Feinbaum's show because Paul couldn't ask the direct questions either for fear his bat phone was going to ring. Ooh, these are shots. Not only is he taking shots at him not being professional, but he's saying, you scared, you a mark, you a punk, buster. That's what he said in my head. So he's asking all these guys from websites to tell him what he already knew. Damn, more shots. Duck, dog, duck. And that is the SEC presidents had their hand out wanting more money from ESPN. Why should ESPN pay them more money? They have a $300 million deal. Are you kidding me? Ooh, Feinbaum caught wind of that. You know he heard it with them big old ears. Feinbaum was like, what, what, what? Them satellites went off, right? Saying Brando's entitled to his opinion, but he could stick to hiding behind his Twitter account. Let me just say this. Ain't nothing sadder than Twitter beef than two dudes probably over 60, if not 70, beefing as well. Like, let's save that for the kids, the itty bitties. Now we got old ass men beefing on Twitter. Let's talk through it. So he said, Tim's had a great career. He's welcome to his opinion. He chooses to take cheap shots on Twitter. I try to contain what I have to say within the confines of a four hour program every day. The thing I think that exposes him more than any aspect of this being is the fact that he can't handle criticism. Ooh, why do I say that? Because if you criticize him on social media, he'll block you. I don't believe a public person should do that. Wow. So then Brando caught wind of that, right? He said, what, 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 what'd you say? And he just said, sad. You know what's sad? What's worse than sad? Just disheartening, which is just looking at this like, come on, y'all. Y'all used to work together. They used to be on the same show together, right? He was a regular presence on the Paul Feinbaum show. But now, hey, 
if Shannon and Skip could break up, if the fat boys could break up, <laughs> I guess Paul Feinbaum and Tim Brando uh, can break up as well. So, you know, there's two levels to this. One is just the fact, why y'all beefing? Why y'all can't talk through this? And why you call him out that hard? Like, Brando came in real hot. I ain't mad at what he said, though. I get it, because your job is to push back, not to just accept everything that you're hearing, especially when you're talking to the powers that be. Because the audience, the masses are saying, hey, you're supposed to be our voice, our conduit. So please, attack what they're saying so we can see it. Now, fewer conference games, keeping it at eight gives you the flexibility of out-of-conference games. You have more. You have one more, at least, right? And let's just be real. If you're playing more conference games in SEC, you got a harder schedule typically than if you play other conferences where you will have an easier schedule, right? Like that is murderer's role, playing in the SEC. So why would they make it harder on themselves, which is going to hurt their chances for playoff success, which is going to ultimately hurt the bank account. All that said, the fans just wanted to see you talk in a way that maybe hurt this proposal. Instead, you sounded like someone pandering. Interesting conversation right there. Let me know what you guys think in the comments about this. Should they have went to a nine game? You like the eight game? Did you like that fine bomb just went up there and said, oh, whatever you got to say, or did you want more pushback? Loving life and loving y'all for your support, your viewership on Brings TV and Reese TV and your membership, Wallace World and YouTube. Ah. Somebody's gonna get this chalice right here. I'm gonna tag this up. Whatever your name is. If your name is Charnay, I'm gonna say two Charnay. What it do, girl? That's why I'm gonna hit up on the back of that. And then Charnay, you're gonna get these as well. Boom. Two of them. Maybe even more. I got a gang of them. I didn't know I got that much love when I played. Well, I did get a lot of love. And you know who ain't getting no love? Ain't no love for the little baby Gronk. Why well, I keep calling him little baby? And then Gronk, right? Just call him Baby Gronk. Well, he need to tell his daddy to sit down somewhere because he ain't making this any better. Now, full disclosure, uh, Baby Gronk reached out to me maybe a year or two ago. Um, I didn't know who he was. And as recent as this week, he wants to do an interview as well. So maybe we'll have Baby Gronk on here, right? Or at least his daddy. I don't know how he plays right now. But I've been in contact with them at least a year or two, it feels like. I'll go through my DMs and check it out. But it's pretty cool to watch a little kid to me on the rise, but I'll get to that later. Madden, his name, Madden San Miguel. All right, whatever's Madden San Miguel is, I guess, that's his name on social media, Baby Gronk. Damn, named him after a casino, it sounds like. Madden San Miguel <laughs> has gained more media attention after his father was featured in a story last week in The Athletic. So the mixed reviews and mixed Mix is never 50-50, y'all. Y'all know how social media is. You get a thousand good compliments and likes. Then you get about 30 people hating on you, and we say that's mixed reviews. Really, we just focus in on the negative. But we know what's going on here. There are comments building about his 10-year-old son's social media profile that turned bad when the two appeared on Bring the Juice podcast. So there's a clip out there that went viral talking about what the host and his father were engaging in. So one of the hosts asked the fourth grade social media star, that's how he's termed now, are you him? And Madden responded with a polite, yes. I mean, he's 10, that's what else he's supposed to say. And he, after he responded, his father was like, nah, he chimed in, said, let me give it to you the way he's supposed to answer it, a better answer. Ask that again, bro. Okay, 
when daddy is there in front of son and son is 10 and son is really the engine of this. He's really the horse pulling the carriage, right? And then you hit him with a bro. I ain't even got to know no more. I know where this is going, but let's talk through it. Ask that again, bro, and say, man, what kind of question is that? You see my Instagram? Jake Sandmanguel said, that's what he said, which his son repeated. Okay, like father, like son. Baby Gronk then was asked about taking LSU gymnast Olivia Dunn, we all know her, to the prom and his father fed his son another answer. Here you go. No, these are not vegetables. These are the words that you need to say. So the entire interview appeared to be playful with everyone laughing and chuckling because it's always uncomfortable around people, even if you're sitting there, unless you're Charlemagne the God or like me or like 18 other people. Most interviews, even when you don't like something, they wait until you leave. And Van Lathan. Let's add Van Lathan in there. Good Lord. Van don't give a damn. But it didn't resonate across social media, this interview right here. So little baby Gronk has done interviews and been in the limelight, posting videos of himself for years. And now he has 300,000 followers, pictures with Aaron Judge, Mark Wahlberg, Olivia Dunn, etc. Right. And it's playing out now as his father was saying. His father said, I've had a plan for my son since before he was born. It's not just for content. We put five or six days a week of training. He diets. Mm. I did it too, so let me not sit there and throw stones. He eats clean food, salmon and brown rice. He's in a routine. He's a real athlete. He's not a normal kid. Normal kids are emotional. They put their head down when they make mistakes. Talk back to the coaches. They make noises, but he doesn't do that. He has been trained and programmed since he was six years old. Damn, paging Todd Marinovich right now. And if y'all don't know who Todd Marinovich is, he was programmed since a little kid. And he got to the league and uh, he aborted that program pretty fast because it wasn't coming from within. It wasn't him actually the one loving what he was doing. It was being driven by his father who now was using him as the mechanism, right? Living through him vicariously. And then finally, when it became about you, you got to go do it now. Daddy can't help you anymore. He didn't want to help himself. Be very careful here, San Miguel. All right, so he says that right now his son's making $100,000 a year and is putting it away so he can have a future even if he doesn't turn pro. Now, I hate to be a hater, but I doubt he's putting it away. You want to know why? Because anytime you lean this heavy on your son in the respect that he's doing it, trust me, you're doing it because you're living through your son. So when you reap the rewards, guess what you're going to do? You're going to live through the rewards as well. You think you're going to do all of this and just put it up. But I am not privy to all that knowledge, but we will talk through it. So he says, just keep stacking up being a part of companies, this and that. By the time he's a senior in high school, he's a millionaire and above, and he's well taken care of. That way he can live a good life without struggle or worry. Mm. Let me just tell you something. You get you a million dollars, you're still gonna have some struggles <laughs> and you're still gonna have some worries. But people without a million dollars think that, same way I thought that, right? You think money's gonna solve all your issues until you get money and you realize, damn, I think I got more issues. I got more things to solve. More money, more problems. Boy, this world is crazy. It's the insurance behind sports. You don't have to go pro anymore. Like Livy Dunn, she's set for life already because of the internet. Now, that part is true. Depends on how she spends, of course. Now, let's talk about this because it sounds a little bit LeVar Ball-ish 
Plus 2.0, which was nothing but a Richard Williams version, which was nothing but a Joe Jackson version, right? Now, you can get tremendous results because if the kid is talented, the kid is disciplined, and the kid wants it to a degree, the kid will make it, right? However, what are you doing to the kid in that journey, in that process? It just doesn't feel and sound healthy. Now, the demands that are placed on anybody to make it to the top are gonna be rigorous. Like if you wanna make it, oh, you're gonna do some things that most people, normal people are gonna look side eye at. So I'm not really disturbed with the fact that the kid is disciplined or the kid is eating right, etc. I'm more disturbed that the kid is not voicing himself authentically. The kid is not saying exactly what he wants to say. You could be a beast on the field and still be an emotional 10 year old kid who says, yeah, I'm him. And that's the end of that answer. It doesn't have to come out with bravado. It doesn't have to come out like he's a 24 year old already in the NFL at a press conference. That part I'm going to watch and witness as it continues to evolve. But I look forward to talking to baby Gronk and his daddy, having both of them on this show to talk through why y'all name yourselves at the casinos, why y'all going out there dieting at 10 years old. Interesting conversations. Look forward to having them with this. But let me know what you think about this story in the comments because a lot of my friends hate baby Gronk's story right now and I'm always the one supporting them. I like little kids getting love. I like little kids getting lauded, praised for their efforts and discipline and greatness. Hopefully, it continues that way in a positive way. Thanking you for your viewership, Brings TV, Reese TV, and your membership, Wiley's World YouTube. Tell us who wants this? Who want what? You're going to get this and you're going to get some playing cards, etc. But, ooh, I know something y'all don't want, nobody wants, is accusations like this with Trevor Bauer, right? Major League Baseball pitcher, uh, once again accused of sexual assault in a lawsuit filed in Arizona. Getting sued, Bauer is, for assault, battery, and emotional distress. And the lady is asking the judge to award her punitive damages to punish the defendant for his conduct and to deter defendant from engaging in such conduct in the future. Wow, that's her role, right? She's been harmed. She want to make sure nobody else gets harmed, even though she's number four of these accusations, not number one. All right. So Bowers countersued the woman for fraud, saying she is attempting to harass and extort money from him in the wake of similar allegations made by three other women. So he's basically saying the domino effect is in play. Uh, right or wrong, whatever that is, there is a dynamic that happens when someone comes public with something that you feel was wronged about you or you didn't feel that way, but you're like, oh, they may believe me. Either way, it's now the domino effect at play, true or false. So in the complaint that was filed, it was an unplanned pregnancy, the woman said, after Bauer violently sexually assaulted her in December of 2020, going back a little while, right? And it was a single sexual encounter that was consensual. That's the situation being described, at least by Bauer as well. So the woman who name is nameless, of course, in these situations, which I still got a problem with. Like, if we're going to do this big. We're going to do this publicly. I know we got to protect people who are the true victims. But in the process that says you're innocent till proven guilty, then why are you already deemed a victim if he's supposed to be deemed innocent? Y'all catch those contradictions right there? So I've always said, look, if we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it, names and numbers. But I digress. So uh, she said he held a jagged steak knife 
to her throat and choked her several times, according to her initial complaint, all right? Forcibly removing her clothes, sexually assaulting her, and slapping her around, all those things. So let me give you a little more detail before I give you my opinion, my color on this. Um, The woman also said that Bauer instructed that she should not keep any records about what had occurred, including the pregnancy, and that they should keep it private between themselves. Wow. She says she became suicidal and had to go to the hospital. He slammed her onto a computer, breaking the screen when she was about three months pregnant. She decided not to terminate the pregnancy, but had a miscarriage in April of the next year. All right, so he categorically denies the allegations, obviously. Um, And his rep says she had made several million dollar demands against Bauer over the last two years, prompting him to file a criminal complaint against her. Hmm, that's pretty interesting. Uh, Court records also show that um, the countersuit for fraud, labeling the woman's lawsuit harassment uh, because of Bauer and some conversations he had with the lady, and she asked for $1.6 million to terminate the pregnancy. Wow. Bauer provided the woman more than $8,700 to reimburse her for medical expenses purportedly related to her pregnancy. Y'all know what that means, according to the court records and filings. All right. Other than that, Bauer's countersuit stated that the woman fabricated her pregnancy to try to extort him for money. Uh, And the attorneys had to send a demand letter that was for $3.6 million following allegations of sexual assault made by a woman in California. All right, let's get into this. Y'all know I used to be a former player rep for the NFL, nine out of 10 years. What did that get me in terms of exposure? I was privy to a lot of the cases, lawsuits, accusations, real and false allegations against a lot of players. Why? Because I worked in direct connection with the FBI and our team security. So being a player rep, I used to have these conversations with upper management at times about allegations and it's interesting the one thing if I had to button this up because I can't talk about each individual case but I could give you some commonality right there was always some grave miscommunication I mean miscommunication to the point where you know as a man typically and a woman you're supposed to try to attract a woman and she's supposed to all of a sudden play hard to get all these stereotypes and then the man takes her out to dinner they have glasses of wine and then okay let's go back to my place with the assumption that something physical can go down etc that's a lazy stereotype of a typical date right single sexual encounter however there's miscommunication and all that with those assumptions, right? So no running red lights, duh, or rolling through stop signs based on assumptions. Oh, she's feeling me. She's not feeling me. Whatever it is, no direct communication leads to a lot of these situations. That's what I found. Um, another thing that I found, and uh, most of those cases were like this. It was so fast. You just met someone and all of a sudden it was a one hitter quitter. Well, let me tell you one thing. One hitter quitters hit back a lot of times in these allegations, whether it's real or false. So all I got to say about this to button it up, man, is simple, man. Communicate through all your expressions, physically especially. If you're going to touch somebody, say I'm about to touch you. If you're going to go somewhere, talk about that, right? Do not be the guy who's lazily assuming that it's all good because there's no resistance because that has not been communicated. And I love you guys, man, for rocking with me and banging with me, too.
I had one of them six Trey Chevrolets, ragtop and polished top dollars. Tell me where that's from. Y'all ain't going to get that one. Guarantee y'all don't get that one. Man, it's nothing but love from you guys and your viewership on Brinks TV, Reese TV, membership, Wiley's World, and YouTube, where someone will win this chalice and that rattling muffler in there and also going to get some love from playing cards. Look at that. Split them tens right there like they do in Vegas. Oh, man. Speaking of all that, more than the membership and all the perks you get, I think the best perk is you get to come on the show and drop jewels, drop bombs, blow my mind, and make me respect your gangster as well. One of the reasons why I left major media, whatever you want to call that stuff, to do it my way because I love talking with y'all, not just talking at y'all. So now let's bring somebody in, one of our members. His name is Keenan. Cobra Curtis Mayfield must be with all that salt and pepper up there. What's up, big dog? <laughs> hey, what's up, man? How you doing? We're on Wiley's World, man. It's a pleasure. I appreciate you. Oh, that's love, man. Thanks for rocking with your boy. And I know with a head look like, first of all, you look like all the fullbacks I've ever seen in my life. So <laughs> I know you got something up in that dome, man, keeping up that space. Drop some, some love on me. What you got to talk about? Well, first of all, man, I want to say, you know, I'm going to thank you, kind of like how Shannon thanks Skip for the platform, but I'm going to keep it real short and sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take y'all way back to 1997 real quick. 1997, just graduated high school. You know, I played ball, you could tell. Uh, had some money saved up, went to go buy my first car, a Toyota Tercel over at Carson Toyota. Yes, sir. And uh, I was sitting in there. And uh, my brother-in-law was like, hey, look, it's a rookie in the NFL over there. And I was like, what? And I'm sitting there trying to, you know, hear. I don't really know what's going on. I'm 17, right? My mom and my sister working out the details. And he over there distracting me. And he went over there to go talk to you. And then Mm. you came over to me. I don't know. You probably don't remember this. 97. So then I said, you know what? Uh, I talked to you a little bit about my journey. You was like, am I going to continue to play? I was like, I don't know. And then the thing that stuck with me is you said, keep playing, man. If you still love it, keep playing. And I'll never yeah. forget that or the uh, hammer pants you had on. But um, <laughs> I re- <laughs> mix. Hell yeah, man. Oh, you are stupid. I love it, man. I always tell kids, everybody, ball till you fall, man. Uh, once you die in football, once you have that athletic death, man, you can't come back from it. So never let somebody else force you into it and never let somebody else take you away from it. So love, big dog. Oh, man, I was a good guy back then. I right. love to hear that. That's a good story. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, I did continue playing. I ended up, uh, I went to El Camino College and then I went to uh, University of Nevada, you know, played with my boy Nate Burleson. Uh, it, was, it was a good time, man. Um, and uh, I'm not going to put it all on you but I do want to thank you for, you know, hearing words of encouragement like that. So I appreciate you Mm. once again. My dog, that's love, man. Look at it. Full circle now. Let's talk about it now. Share that love back now. Drop one on me, bruh. All right. So I just want to know your thoughts on my take on Jokic and uh, the NBA not showing him love, really. So I don't really think it's about him being in a small market. I don't really think it's about his ethnicity or I think I really think it's about his play style. Now, uh, um, I think each player kind of sells themselves. So if you think back to when Olajuwon was the man, even in Houston, 
you know, he was, they were dominating for a few years. Olajuwon didn't really have the popularity of some of the flashier, higher flying, more entertaining players, right? And you think about some of the smaller market players like KD and Westbrook when they were in OKC. Um, I think to blow up, you need kids loving you. You need kids buying your shoes and things like that. So Joker style is not really one that kids try to emulate. I think the NBA is about making money, just like those shoe companies. So if they want to sell and promote someone, they want to do something that they perceive as hot. Yeah, man, that's amazing. You put it all together right there. You basically baked this cake and why Jokic is not as popular as his achievements suggest he should be. Let's talk about it. This cake is made with some main ingredients, but to know what sports really do in terms of engaging fans, you got to go all the way back to like the origins and the primal days of sports when there were people walking the earth, walking the planet, and those people wanted to be entertained by someone that could do something that they couldn't. And it just started there like, oh my God, I know I have to run and chase after some cattle for food, but God, look at him. Not only does he run faster, but he comes back with more food. So that's kind of how sports just evolved from way back. Now you bring it here present day. When you look at Jokic, the thing that hurts him the most is that you don't see the distance, the gap in athleticism between you, your boys, your circle, and then what he's actually doing out there. You like, you look at the statue, you're like, this sucker just got 30 and 16, but then he only went one inch above the floor, right? And then you just saw a lot of right. bully ball and not a lot of quick twitch, fast twitch movements. And you're like, I'm not seeing him dunk and being aerial. So all the things that he's doing, you know it's a greater version than you, but compared to his peers and then also compared to what you imagine you could do, you're like, it ain't that wide. And that's where it all starts with Jokic in terms of popularity. Now, if he were out there putting it between the legs, yakking back here, and then, you know, those three-pointers didn't look like just, okay, let me just let my hands down, but more like Steph Curry kind of three-pointers. Yeah, exactly. It will be a whole different animal. So it's not market size. LeBron James proved that. Not a single soul used to watch the Cleveland Cavaliers. You drop. LeBron there were watching the Cleveland Cavaliers. You brought up the OKC example as well. So I just really think it's as simple as you can be the guy next door, Steph Curry, but do something that the guy next door can't do. And when you see Jokic, the results, the production, you're like, nobody else could do that. But then you see how you got there. You kind of scratch your head at times like, eh, not exactly the most athletic way of doing it. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much all I have today, man. Um, I just appreciate it once again being on here. Watch the show all the time. Um, keep doing what you're doing, man. That's love, big dog. We're going to see you again, Cobra. You still pushing that Tercel or are you upgraded? What you doing? Let me stop. <laughs> <laughs> that Tercel got pushed off the road, so nah, yeah, I upgraded a little bit. Oh, man, I got love for you, big dog. Keep it going, man, and come back anytime. Seriously. This show, don't be that guy. Be like, oh, I didn't want to bother you. I used to hate that when I see a cat. I walk up to the cat. He'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't want to bother you. All right, one, you are bothering me because you said you don't want to bother me. <laughs> I ain't even bring that up. You brought that up. But two, my house is your house. Mi casa is su casa. So come back, Cobra. Preach. Deal?
All right, man. Have a good All one. I appreciate you, big dog. All right. Now, man, that was fun. I got love for all of y'all, especially y'all when y'all come on here and chop up wood with me. But now, let's bring in the old savvy vet, part of the industrial complex himself. <laughs> part of both of help build this. My man, Mikey P. What it do, <laughs> Mikey P, baby? Man, great work by Cobra. What a what an introduction, man. Wow. Yeah, but that was dope. Carl Anthony Towns, okay? He made some comments saying, some people will say, I changed the game after I retire. That's what he's saying, okay? Now, self-awareness in this society is key. I'm not sure what Cat is thinking here, but I want to know what you're thinking about his comments because I'm not so sure what he changed about the game so far. Oh. But just saying, you know. Yeah. I'm going to throw yeah, that out there. Yeah, you know, like, look, we all get caught up in our bubbles. Um, and they say that every single person is the star in the movie in their head, right? Like, so in your world, no matter where you go, this is why people say we have such division in our world when really we just have differences because we all are the star of the movie that we're playing in our heads. So sometimes you could think you're a bigger star than you are in that same movie in your head. Like you said, self-awareness, and sometimes you're not. I will say this. Like, I don't know what sticks out about his game that made me say, you are unique or you have changed the game. That said, he's a winner in the movie in his head. He's a winner in his circle. I actually know Big Cat a little bit. He's winning. Now, winning in life doesn't mean you change the NBA or change how we look at that position or change how we look at prospects. None of that. So I'm going to need a little more criteria or a little more element to this because right now I don't see how he's changed the game other than he is actually winning in this game. Yeah, I got a question that as well. But moving on to some more NBA, okay? Trade talks are just flying right now. Draft is around the corner. As you know, the next biggest thing that we've heard is that Bradley Beal could be on the move and that the Wizards want to work with Brad in finding a trade, okay? Just a year after a max contract extension. Remember, he has a no-trade clause. So what are your thoughts on possibly the Wizards moving on a year later? And where do you want to see Bradley Beal go? Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of changes, obviously, uh, in, within the Wizards organization of late last couple of years, including that, that max deal for Bradley Beal. Respect, he deserves it. The dude's a beast, a monster. You got to love him. Even though he hasn't gotten over the hump yet, it's still not his fault necessarily. Um, two things, though. One, I love when the organization says, yeah, we want to work with you. Well, if I'm the player, Bradley Beal, I'm like, you have to work with me. I got a no trade clause. What you mean? I ain't got to do nothing. I ain't even got to pick up y'all phone. Shut up. They be like, uh, Bradley, how you? Shut up. 300 million. Shut up. Every time. I wouldn't say a word to y'all. Then y'all going to put it out there. Headline. We want to work with you, Bradley Beal. You got to work with me because I already don't work y'all to the tune of what? 250 million? Crazy. That said, um, the hard cap is real now. We don't want to call it that necessarily. They got all these fancy terms for it. But the NBA somehow, some way found itself in like NFL world where it used to be closer to baseball world. So it's like, damn, what's y'all player association over there doing, huh? Because y'all done drifted the wrong direction. So now 
You just can't maneuver the same. That said, there are a lot of destinations that would love the talents of Bradley Bill, but remember, they have to inherit the no trade clause as well. In a new world where you can't have the same amount of maneuverability because you don't even know how to play in this new hard cap, let alone bring in somebody who's commanding that much money, hasn't gotten over the hump yet, and still got a no trade clause. I just think this is a lot of smoke, but I don't think he's going to move anywhere. I don't see them moving them because I don't see anybody wanting to inherit all of that. Yeah, we'll see. Money makes things a challenge, but I would love to have him on my Sixers. I'll tell you that. Yeah, Oof. I get you. I get you. That's real. <laughs> but last, yeah, yeah. Last topic of the day. I know. Shh. All right. Last topic of the day. Vermont has now legalized sports gambling online, okay? They are the latest state to do so. So I'm not actually going to ask you about that. I actually want to ask you for the fans out there, do you like betting on sports and do you bet on sports? Question about Marcellus here. Uh, um, I get the same energy I think anybody does that bets on something. Like whatever level of engagement you had, it's up a notch. Like I don't care if it's a penny. Matter of fact, a lot of gentlemen bets I'm still engaged like more, right? So like every one of us, that's why gambling is so big because it's just playing to our, like our primal attributes. Like, do you like steaks? Yes, yes, <laughs> medium well. Matter of fact, I like steaks, damn it. Um, so everybody's always like, oh yeah, see gamble, love gamble. That said, I hate the consequences of gambling. Therefore, I really don't gamble. Um, I'll sit there at the sports book like everybody else on the outskirts watching the big screen TVs and you got to sit down and play. If you're sitting there, you get free drinks, but you got to play. So I give $20 to some machine that's going to roll sevens never and then I'm going to lose my $20. So I actually pay for those free drinks. You know what I mean? Um, I can do that. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Um, I went to Panama years ago, like 2003, and I judged the Miss Universe pageant. Let me just take a bow on that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ooh, look thank at you. you. Okay, okay. You know, your boy. I was so <laughs> fine and so good in the league. They're like, we need Wiley to go over there with Roberto Cavalli and all these kind of like big, big timers. I judged the Miss Universe pageant. Long story short, I'm in Panama at a hotel casino. Go down to the basement. I'm the only dude there. Literally, only dude there and everyone else worked there. I look at the uh, blackjack table. I was like, I want to play blackjack. Um, the maximum was like 50 bucks. So I was like, $50? Y'all ain't going to waste my time. I was a cocky little dude in this moment, right? I'm like, man, make those 500 and let's play some. So they made them 500 for me. And I played all seven hands, whatever, how many you could do. I put bets on every one. So I would win some, I would lose some, but I lost track of time. That's what I lost. Uh -oh. I look up in uh -oh. 30 minutes, 30 minutes on $500, I lost $11,000 in 30 minutes. Oh, them people were just whoa. sitting there giggling and laughing, and I'm not going to lie to you. I started to, like, really think, like, yo, they can't do that to me. Like, that's not fair. I was, like, really hurt. <laughs> I was, like, mad. And I'm, you uh, know. Oh, yeah. And if you ever left the U.S., let's just say uh, that – People at the post office even got M16s. Like everybody had guns in front of the doors. So I was like, yo, they just got my money for 30 minutes, 11K. And from that moment, I don't think I've ever had a bet over $100 in my life. So I really don't get into it because of the consequences. And frankly, Mikey P, 
If I win a lot of money, that feels amazing. A 10. If I lose any amount of money, a penny, let alone that big amount, it feels like the worst feeling in the world. So it feels much worse to lose than it does feel good to win. Yeah, definitely hear you on that. But you learned your lesson, at least. Some people don't. That's that's the challenge with gambling. So, But the follow-up with this, and this is how we're going to end the show, okay? Do you think that sports betting is toxic on the sports world? And I'm sure ah. this won't be the last time we talk about it either because this is, this is just expanding as we speak, so... Yeah, I love you, Mikey P, but we ain't going to end the show on this because we got Wally-ism after that. <laughs> doo -doo -doo. Wow, but, uh, you got uh, a but point. Also, My bad. But also, um, look, I ain't the one to help build more casinos in Vegas and hotels and resorts. They ain't getting it off my back. They're going to get it off somebody's back. That's why I laugh when people say, I'm about to go hit Vegas. I'm like, yeah, and Vegas going to hit back, and Vegas going to win that. They're going to build them another one. Trust me, on your dime. Um, it's not toxic. Uh, this is the problem. Like with anything in our world, when the establishment, when status quo sees something new that is going to come and change the game, immediately they put regulations and restrictions not to stop it, but to control it or at least slow it down so they can figure out how to monetize it properly, how they can eat the most or eat first, right? So then all of a sudden, no, it's not legal nationwide marijuana. But this state, that state, that state, that state, that state, right? And the dominoes. And meanwhile, all they're doing is buying themselves time to make sure they maximize the profits. Same thing with betting online, right? This state, this state, Vermont, but not all y'all. And then all of a sudden you're going to look up one day and it's going to be legal everywhere. So the toxicity is really coming from the fact that they're miscommunicating, that they're not being open and honest with the, the entity that's coming. So players getting in trouble. NFL, NFL sitting there. Oh, six game suspension. Oh, year suspension. Why? Because I got an app that is legal in one state that's not legal in another to bet on. Oh, oh, because I use the app on your premises. But if I went 18 feet over there, it's fine. Okay, it's a rule. I get it. Oh, I bet on our sport, but not our game. Oh, I bet that we will win. Like, frankly, it's not making any sense. You want to know why? Because when this thing is legal all across the board, none of those restrictions are going to matter. None of those things are going to be a part of this conversation. But until they can wrap their arms fully around it, they're going to say it's toxic. They're going to say it's a problem. They're going to do whatever they can to slow that train down, the money train. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. But thank you to Keenan Cobra Curtis. Hall of Famer, okay? Mm. And now it's time for a Wileyism. Let's okay. oh, oh, look at you. You what you when you a transitioner now? Man, get his ass up off I the screen. I got you. Man, I, I, I had man, to pick myself I, up. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, if y'all ever want anybody to not be all up in your videos, not be all up on your never shut up, you know, come to my show. Come to my show, not Mikey P show over there. I love you, Mikey P. That's love. Damn, I ain't know that Cobra was a Hall of Famer. That sucker there done made it a long way from that to sell. My boys keep pushing, man. Much love to you, y'all. Y'all know how we finish every show, Mikey P, like this. With a Wally-ism. Yes, let's get into it. Don't judge the sum in me, but judge the sum of me. Woo, that hit me one time. Uh, the homie, I haven't seen him in forever. He used to be off Crenshaw. I need to go check him out. 
Tavis Smiley. You guys remember that name? Yeah. Got caught up in a little hot water there. I don't know what was real from fake, but point being, oh man, he dropped this jewel on me before. And I was like, damn. And it's interesting because that's how this world is operating right now. This whole cancel culture. I only say it to reference it. I am not a believer in cancel culture, even though the consequences of cancel culture are real. Like they will slow you down. They will turn the faucet off. They will try to say, yeah, you don't really fit all of the narratives that we're trying to sell around here. All that stuff is real. But in canceling me, like I'm actually going to let you take away something from me and stop talking. That makes no sense. Let me tell you why. If you use the consequence of, well, you won't have a job. Oh, you won't be able to say that. Oh, you won't be able to come here anymore. And you take that away from me. I'm going to talk louder because now I'm like, oh, you took the one thing I actually wanted from you. I wanted this employment. I wanted this job, but you took it. Oh, so that's not only the way that they play it. They play it this way, too. We're going to scare you so you don't say something so we don't take it away from you. So what has that left us with? A world where everyone group texts one thing but posts on social media a different thing. That's left us with a world where everyone will go to a cocktail party, huddle up in the corner and talk real, but then when they're in front of everybody else, they're just going to say the pleasantries, right? We have now made it extreme between what your right hand doing and your left hand is doing wider than ever. So the gap between real and fake is wider than ever. And it's a bad state of affairs. So what comes from it is we start judging all of you. We ain't got time to figure it out. We don't want to know the details. We heard an accusation. We heard an allegation and we just going to judge you lazily. All of you instead of what was that? What was this? And it's happened to so many guys. You just name them like Bill Cosby comes to mind. Like you just want to throw him away. Dave Chappelle went through his ups and downs of it. Thousands of people. It seems like in the limelight, you just hear one thing about them. You know, one little speck and all of a sudden they are all of that. Isn't that crazy? You imagine if sports was played that way? Like, okay, y'all not adding up seven, 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 seven every time I score. And then all of a sudden they score one time on me. I fumble one time. All those points gone. <laughs> Wait a minute. What? No, the score was 49 to zero. I fumbled. Now it's 49 seven. I'm still up. Damn it. Not in life. I, what happened? I don't know. I can't call it. I don't know. I will give you this to end it, to visualize what's going on. It's the boiling frog concept, which I'm sure a lot of people have heard of. For those who haven't, if you have a, a pot of boiling water and throw a frog in it, rip it. He going to hop his ass up out that hot water. He's like, what the hell? So that's not how you get them. You know how they say you get them? You put them in room temperature water. He's just sitting there. Ribbit, just chilling, taking a bath, rubbing his belly like, oh, this is beautiful. And then you just turn the fire on a little, one degree at a time. And he's just like, oh, man, whoo, this get a little toasty in here, but still, ribbit, this feel good. Oh, 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 I like warm baths. Oh, I like, oh, it's getting real warm. Oh, oh, it's hot, hot. Next thing you know, frog sleep. <laughs> frog sleep forever. And that's what they're trying to do. They just try incrementally, degree by degree, you don't mind that, do you? 
Did you ask me or are you telling me? <laughs> you don't mind that, do you? Or they force you into just accepting what everyone's accepting or else who are you? Be careful of that boiling frog concept. So don't judge the sum in me, but judge the sum. 49 points, y'all, of me. All right, y'all. That'll do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! Want to keep the conversation going? Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley, Paul Anderson, and Nick Pinella. Thanks for all the love, ratings, and subscriptions, and reviews, membership to Wiley's World on YouTube. Keep it coming because there's more coming for more to it. Talk to y'all hella soon. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.